Good Monday to you, ladies and gentlemen. If you are a fan of the NBA, which you better be, you are in for a treat. We have on the podcast this week a guy who's going to take you for an absolute ride of knowledge behind the scenes on everything that goes into the NBA draft. As it just happened last week, we nerded out on the entire process, what teams are looking for, his interaction with top GMs and the influence he has on teams, why number one draft picks become complete busts, who in this year's draft is going to be basically the next Kobe, the sleeper pick that will become a household name, future trends of the NBA, and where LeBron will be playing in two years. Spoiler alert, it's not in a Midwest state. Sorry, Cleveland. And I'll also go in depth on what it looks like for these players and their process through preparing for the draft, the crazy questions they get asked by teams, and how they go from innocent college kids one minute to multi-millionaires the next. Mike Schmitz from Draft Express joins us today. Yeah, you know the mock drafts that no one thinks has any kind of influence but actually plays a huge role on where players are drafted? Yeah, Mike Schmitz is bringing it. In this next 30 minutes coming up, you're going to learn more about the NBA draft than I'm going to probably guarantee that you've ever known before. That's how good Mike is, and that's how in-depth behind the scenes we're about to go. And that's just how much I love all you guys out there, bringing on guests like this. Because at The Game of Life, we're all about self-improvement, helping you become the best version of yourself that you can become. And just having a lot of fun helping us hack our lives to become the ultimate learner. Okay, so I got to tell you guys what I've been eating for lunch literally every single day. I do a lot of traveling, so I'm on the road a lot. But even when I'm not, what I eat every day, easy to make, tastes like chocolate ice cream. I mix mine up with ice and an avocado to make it nice, super thick. It's Ample, AmpleMeal.com. Basically what Ample is, it's every goodness, perfect thing for your body all mixed into one that tastes really good. It contains a perfect amount of protein, healthy fats. It's got fibers, prebiotics, probiotics, uh, every green you could basically imagine, a wheatgrass, ashwagandha, Jerusalem artichoke, macadamia nut oil, and just hitting the perfect ratio of macros and micros that you need on a daily basis. If I could sum it up, I'd say it's healthiness, tastiness, in a bottle, on the go. And Ample has taken over professional sports. I mean, you could eat power bars and drink muscle milk if you don't want to really be healthy and you don't want it to taste that good. Or you could go with Ample, which tastes great and is actually healthy for you. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Check it out. Use the code NURSE at the checkout code AmpleMeal.com for 15% off. That's the code NURSE, just like a hospital. 15% off, ample meal. It is chocolate ice cream to the max, really healthy. All right, without further ado, let's welcome to the podcast my good friend, the wizard of the NBA draft, Mike Schmitz. All right, welcome back to the podcast. We got Mike Schmitz. He is the Mel Kuyper Jr. of the NBA draft. Knows (laughs) it all. 
That's what I call him. Mike, what's going on, man? D-Nurse, what's happening, man? Man, just, just uh, all pumped up about this NBA draft, season ends, the Warriors rolling. Is any chance, any chance in your opinion, uh, that anybody plays in the NBA Finals in the next two seasons, not name the Cavs, not name the Warriors? Uh, I, I'd be surprised. I guess, you know, you're hearing these rumblings of, oh, maybe, you know, LeBron is going, going west, and, but it seems like that comes up you know, almost every year. So I, I, you could almost pencil it in. I think if CP3, if that Spurs dynamic uh, yeah. comes about, you know, I think that that could be interesting. But, man, that, that Warriors team is stacked. Man, and the only you got to think they're only going to keep getting better. There's going to be vets go, wanting to go out there just to win a ring. So right. they're not just going to sit sit and do nothing. Yeah, no, it's fun to watch, man. It's, it's, uh, it's interesting to see just kind of – the evolution of basketball, like Kevin Durant is playing center, LeBron is playing Jeez. center. Like it's just, things have changed, man. It is. It's yeah, crazy from those Patrick Ewing and Kim Elijah one days back in the day. Yeah, no doubt. Here's my theory: when everybody goes one direction, go the other direction. So I'm I'm starting a team with three bigs playing two guards, <laughs> three centers. There you go. I like it. Hey, man, give us a quick background on yourself. Um, everything you do with the NBA draft, because I've all the NBA people I've been around, you are just entwined in it more than anybody I've seen and just do such a great in-depth job of covering it all and knowing everything that's going on about the draft. Uh, just give it, give the audience a little background on yourself, how you got to where you are, and um, yeah, hit it. Yeah, um, kind of a somewhat of a unique path. I went to the University of Arizona. Um, I was in, uh, you know played high school basketball, all that. Um, you know, wasn't really able to play past high school, went to U of A. I'm from Arizona originally, um, was involved in like kind of sports management stuff in the business school. Um, wasn't, didn't work for the team or anything. Um, and really my kind of freshman, sophomore year, I started making these video breakdowns. I I was doing some other kind of, you know, analysis, um, things like that. I I did a lot of work for an ESPN true network blog, value of the suns. Um, so I I pretty much just taught myself, you know, how to cut video, how to break stuff down. I was always interested in that kind of side of things. And then I realized, Hey, there's, there's really a market for, you know, breaking down these guys in kind of a five, six minute video package with film stats, you know, freeze frames, all that. Um, so I reached out to Jonathan Gavoni who started draft express uh, it, it had been going for maybe five, six years at the time and just said, Hey, I'm going to do 30 of these breakdowns on the first round prospects kind of on my own. Um, if you want to use them, great. If not, no big deal. Uh, so we did that. So that would, that would have been 2012, I believe. Um, that was kind of the first year of our partnership. Um, and then I, the next year took a job in the D league uh, as a video coordinator. So I, I did that for a year, which was an awesome experience um while doing draft express as well and then you know jonathan had offered me to kind of come on full time and and you know live wherever i want travel go to games get to know all these scouts um and so from there yeah it's really just kind of blossomed you know with the video with with you know going to europe and, and all over the country um so yeah man i'm i'm very grateful for for how things have worked out man we've well, built it up to an awesome awesome platform um draft express for you guys out there have not checked it out do check it out you can get everything in depth on any player basically that plays basketball what they're eating for breakfast or <laughs> man, everything it's it's cool um how, how do you go about setting up those mock drafts like how do you go about analyzing 
and picking, okay, who's moving up the charts, who's going down the charts. I think there's a lot of interest in seeing those mock drafts. Yeah, it, um, it kind of starts early on. Like, as you can see, you know, we already have 2018 up there. Um, mm-hmm. After the 2017 draft, we'll have 2019. So the the real beginning part of it is kind of seeing these guys at, you know, USA Basketball, seeing them on the EYBL and Under Armour circuits and, and kind of getting to know them. Because we're really able to see these guys, you know, at age 16, sometimes even 15, uh, with the way that, you know, USA Basketball, they do a great job kind of gathering these guys together. So it, it kind of starts there and then knowing the European guys. And then as they, you know, go through the ranks, get to college, you kind of pick and, tw- you know, move things a little bit, tweak things. You're always talking to, you know, to scouts and GMs and guys you have relationships with. Um, you know, so I think Jonathan is probably more involved in terms of, uh, you know, the the mock draft uh, on a day-to-day basis, but it's definitely a collaborative effort um, that, you know, that we're tweaking through, like I said, conversations, through film study, through intel you get about certain guys. So, uh, very relationship based, but very um, evaluation based as well. Yeah, it's it's a big time science to it, and basically you were like behind the scenes to all these GMs. So, I mean, I've seen you in action. You're talking to all the GMs. You're talking to all the agents, every scout. Um, your pull with these NBA GMs, like they're coming to you asking you for advice on players, since you're scouting all these players and you know everything about them. Correct. Uh, maybe not so much GMs, but definitely have some relationships with scouts and guys that you trust. You know what I mean? They usually, they have their scouting staff, they have their, you know, their eye for evaluating these guys. But I think that where we do have an advantage is they're not able to see these kids at as young of an age as we are. They're not able to go to these AAU tournaments. They're not able to talk to these kids because, you know, we're media. So we can, we can interview these guys. We can get to know them. Um, So I think, more than anything for Intel, you know, we, we you know, can uh, help guys out a little bit here and there. Um, and, and some scouts will come to you and, and ask things like that. Or, you know, right. if they value your opinion, who do you like? Or do you have any sleepers or anyone like that? So right. it's fun, man. It's a, it's a fun back and forth for sure. That is, that's really interesting because when you, you step back like 40,000 feet up looking down, I mean, you guys do, you have an impact on the NBA on where players can be drafted is i mean even though people might say man it's sometimes just a mock draft or not everybody's looking at draft express i talk to the teams and i know everybody's looking at it and see where the guys are ranked the players are looking at it i have some of my guys my young pre-draft guys asking me why they're ranked here or how they jumped up to this spot so you have a lot of pull on this nba draft coming up yeah, you know, I think it's sometimes it's for better, sometimes it's for worse. You know, different guys, I think, react to, you know, different rankings and things like that. I mean, if you're really young and, and you know, you're a top three guy, you know, whether it's us or the high school services, you know, that can sometimes lead to a sense of entitlement. Or, you know, if you're overlooked um, by all these services, then sometimes you play with more of that chip on your shoulder. So I think yeah. sometimes it's for better, sometimes it's for worse. But, you know, we try to get it as right as we can with all this stuff and uh so it's it's definitely an in-depth process that's for sure yeah and and why is why is the draft such a crap shoot like with all the intel that teams have with all the scouts with all the studying all the film breakdown why is it such an inexact science why do people miss so many times 
Man, it is such an inexact science. Like if we had all the answers, you know, we'd be a lot more loaded than we are. So, um, yeah, man, I think so much of it is just because it's, it's very situational, you know? Um, and it's hard to predict before, you know, player X goes to team Y, like what the dynamic is going to be like. I think the personality factor is really, really important. That's something that, you know, we've kind of placed more emphasis on moving forward is okay. You know, one, the background of the kid, what type of kid he is, you know, is he a worker, but also like, how does he respond to, you know, different situations? Like, is he a guy who's going to be okay being the ninth man for two years, learning under vets? Is he going to rebel? Um, I, I just think that's a big part of it. And just the opportunity, I think, is a huge part of it as well. You know, you have some guys who are maybe falling to the second round, but injuries pop up and, and they're maybe a more ready player. They come in and solidify themselves as a starter for the next eight to ten years, you know. So I think it is really dependent on situation, dependent on playing time, dependent on personalities, um, injuries, all, all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm still trying to figure this thing out every day. That's for sure. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting you point on personalities as being one of the main things. I think that is a huge factor. Like people can be really talented. These players can be obviously they're really talented, but how how passionate are they about their craft and how passionate about they are they about improving their game on a daily basis? Like some guys are just great because they're extremely blessed with the abilities, but how many guys? have those abilities and want to be the best. That's that's kind of what it comes down to with me. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you 100%. I mean, to me there's kind of a baseline talent level to be a professional basketball player and yeah. there are so many guys who have that. There are so many guys in Europe in the D League, yep. you know, who are NBA players skill-wise and no doubt about it. Um, it's just a matter of the mentality. And I think, you know, a lot of the guys who go later in the draft, who maybe go in the thirties and the guys who use, you know, your Draymond Greens or Jimmy Butler's guys like this, the, you know, the reason they are where they are is because they've done everything physically, humanly possible to maximize their potential. So when I'm looking for, you know, like these sleeper type guys, that's kind of one of the things I'm looking for is like, okay, is this guy going to maximize his potential? Yeah, that's man. I'm there with you too on that. And like, and they'll have uh, at the NBA draft combine, um, sports psychologists, mental coaches come in and ask them these questions to try to figure out their mental makeup. Mm-hmm. And and like with the players that I work with, I'll try to figure out. Okay, are you a worker or are you just a guy that says they want to work? Mm-hmm. So I know they go super in depth on on that at the uh, at the draft combine. And pepper them with all kinds of questions. These questions that they ask them there—is it, it? Do you think it's relevant that they're asking them these questions? Do you think, um, like, what is it in the NFL? What's what's their test they have in the NFL? The Wonderlick? Yeah, the Wonderlick, Yep. Um, do you think these the, the mental coaches and the mental makeup of the players that the questions that they're asking them are relevant to? Hey, can I see how this guy's going to be five, six years down the road? Because it's like examples like like a Michael Beasley, how talented he was, went number two and. I mean, just mentally not quite fit for the NBA or a Della Vadova who goes undrafted and just works his butt off and makes it and makes a huge impact. 
Yeah, I think they're re- I think they're relevant, and but they're definitely becoming more relevant. Um, yeah. There's a lot of you know a guy we work pretty closely with, Eric Weiss, who does a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been doing you know sports psychology stuff for a long time, and there's a there's a test, uh, not you know different than a Wonderlic, not really an IQ test, but it's a long basically personality test that's been used for a long time, and um, so all these guys, you know, a lot of these guys will take this and, and you can really compare and contrast if you have kind of the past data, like what is this kid like, um, oh, in nice. terms of anxiousness, in terms of, in terms of warmth, in terms of, you know, how, how he handles like being really, really constricted in terms of rules and, and uh, or is he more of like a, a free thinker type of guy? So, I think that type of stuff is really interesting, but you know, for a guy like Beasley, a lot of times it's tough. Like, you know, I mean, you know, they knew that there are some questions with him, but like sometimes you just roll the dice. You're like, man, this guy is so good and so talented. I don't, you know, I'm going to put the other stuff aside for a second and hope this pans out, you know? So maybe we're seeing less and less of that moving forward. True. And I think sometimes you think like, in this type of business, there's there's a lot of egos involved. So it's like, all right, this guy, I can change him. It doesn't yep, matter yep. what he likes coming, what he's like coming in here, but I can make him the best he can be. So that's part of the battle too. I see it with with the egos. Um, but yeah, it is a crazy inexact science. And the infamous word that I always hear with GMs and always hear all the time is that word potential. And it's the best word, but it's also the worst word too the best word for like a young guy coming out that hasn't really proven himself and it's the worst word for those college seniors that you see playing every day on on tv and not getting drafted um what are what are teams looking for like walk me through a uh if you're a gm and you're looking at why would you go with potential over proven uh proven stats proven abilities yeah to me i think it's kind of a, a few different things the three things from like a, a physical and skill perspective i think guys are looking for is length feel for the game and shooting i think like now right now more than ever you know you maybe you say athleticism two things like that but i think if you have positional length you have an iq and a feel for the game and you can shoot like and you have at least you know the the um, minimum, you know, physical abilities needed to play in the NBA, hopefully more than the minimum, then I think you're really, really interesting. Um, you know, you say, I mean, Kevin Durant's and, you know, a very, very unique, one of the best players in the world, but like elite length, big time shooter, excellent mm-hmm. feel for the game. You know, like mm-hmm. I think those are the things that they're looking for from a skill set and physical uh, perspective. And then on top of that, I think, mental toughness and character i think you know kind of going back to what we were just talking about those are two things that people are putting more of a premium on you look at a guy like malcolm brogdon um like his mental his character his mental toughness is like one of the best to go through the draft process in a long long time so i think that's becoming more important to these teams you know in addition to some of the things i mentioned yeah i completely agree with you and it's it's cool how you talk about a premium on shooting and how big that everybody knows how big that's become with the Warriors and everything. What do you think on players? I get this question asked a lot. Like teams will come to me asking about their shooting development. Can they become a great shooter or not? Like a Kawhi Leonard coming into the draft where he was 
kind of almost like the worst shooter in the draft in his class and now he's one of the best top three catch and shoot percentage players uh in the nba um talking about just real quick on shooting do you think players do you think players can develop that skill when they're drafted like would you if you're a gm would you look at a player and be like okay he can't shoot i'm not going to take him or would you look at him and be like okay this is something we're going to develop we're going to give him the chip england to Kawhi type uh type treatment yeah i think i think you can develop them but it's it very it very much depends on uh to me obviously the work ethic that's that's important but also you know not to hit it again but the mental makeup like yeah. i think yeah. it works for Kawhi because he's such a cerebral guy you know and like right. i mean he, he's just you know he never changes face i think if you're talking about a guy who's maybe very, very high anxiety, maybe he's really sped up, maybe he loses confidence easily. Um, I think it's going to be tougher, but I think, you know, if you're a worker and you're a confident kid and, and you know, you're going to put in the hours, then I, I think that is an area you can get better. Yeah. This is the mental game just plays a huge role. And I need to put you in touch with Graham Betcher, yeah. who I had on here, man, that dude is unbelievable. Good. Yeah, I've heard amazing things about yeah, him. Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. I got to get you uh get you linked with him. Um we were talking earlier about the Draymond Green and, and then Kawhi there too. It's like those are the hot names that uh teams and GMs will be like, okay, this is what I see in him because there's always comparisons going on. And if you look back 15 years 15 years ago, no one's going to say, "Oh, I want a Draymond Green type player, a guy who doesn't really have a position." It used to be the knock of Oh, what's his position? Now it's you want him to basically be an undersized big man that can move and play up tempo. It's cra- right. crazy how that's crazy how that's gone. Um, what do you think? What do you think going forward will be like the molds that people look for? Think it'll change at all? Think it'll keep the same as okay? Give me a Draymond Green or give me a Kawhi Leonard, three uh, and D corner corner three shooter defender. Do you think there's anything coming? I think. What people want is a guy who can who can defend a five, like it, it, like a modern five. You know what yeah. I mean? Like like what makes Kevin Durant so useful and so versatile is like he has the standing reach of really like a center. Right. So he can protect the rim. Um, he has size. Like he can in today's NBA, he can legitimately play the five. And off on offense, he can play one through five almost. You know, so. I think if you can guard a five and like play on the perimeter with the ball, create, pass, shoot, um, that's really what people want to me. Like I, I, the, the highest position you can guard while being extremely difficult to guard or to you know defend on the other end mm-hmm. um, is is what teams are looking for. So that's why I think like for instance, you know, I was really high on Brandon Ingram, and yep. I think I think he has a really really bright future because. No, he's not Kevin Durant, but he has, you know, the length of a center, but he can almost operate as a point guard. So as he continues to fill out, gets more physically mature, I think, you know, with the way the NBA is going, he's a guy who you can play at the four, can play even, you know, a pinch here at the five in in kind of these smaller lineups. Um, So that type of versatility to me is is what guys are looking for. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. So we're not having any New York Knicks basketball back in the 90s of just uh pounding it inside mark jackson backing down his guy from half court <laughs> not as much man we're not keep- as, as fun as that was <laughs> yeah we're keeping the high tempo going i like it 
All right, quick break in the podcast, and let's recap. So Mike talked about what teams are looking for in players, what they're looking for in potential of players, what they're looking for on court, and the mental capacity of the game. And it's interesting to see how important the mental aspect goes into deciding on a draft pick or not. I mean, these teams are bringing in sports psychologists to analyze a player's mental makeup basically decide what draft pick they're going to be with millions of dollars on the line and it's cool to see because i know the nba seems like a fantasy life to most people out there but we can incorporate it into our lives of seeing how well-rounded these individuals have to be not just the skill set that they provide that is seen by uh, the naked eye but everything the mental capacity the approach the professionalism the everyday work ethic that they put in. It's really cool just to be able to dive behind the scenes and the highest level of professional sports. And Michael talked more on that infamous word of potential. And coming up, he'll tell you the biggest busts of all time, the steal of this year's draft, who the next Kobe is going to be, and uh, will they ever go back to drafting high school players. So stay tuned to the game of life. We're coming back at you real soon. But before we do, I want to say a big time thanks to Jonathan from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Jonathan wrote in saying, David, thank you for the Game of Life podcast. Has been a blessing in my life. Love learning in-depth, behind-the-scenes information of top-level performers. And I just really like seeing what everybody that's at the highest level does on a daily basis. Jonathan, really appreciate that feedback. I'd love to hear from everyone out there. If you could, go to iTunes, leave a review. Please leave me some feedback, how we can keep improving this podcast, and then let me know who you want to bring on this podcast, too. Whatever you guys want to hear, I want to bring it to you. All right, three-pointer time coming at you. And since we are talking the NBA draft... And Mike is also going in on the biggest busts of all time in the NBA draft. I'm going to give you my top three busts of all time. And it's not necessarily based on their talent, but it's based on opportunity cost. Who might have been drafted after them? All right. So number three is Greg Oden. Super talented out of Ohio State, had knee injuries that ended his career. And the reason why he is the number three bust of all time is because he was selected before Kevin Durant, Al Horford, and Joachim Noah. Number two, Darko Milicic, the overseas supposed to be next Dirk Nowitzki. He was selected in front of Carmelo Anthony, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh. Yeah, I think the teams would probably want to rethink that decision now. And the number one bust of all time in the NBA draft, not Anthony Bennett, who was drafted a few years ago and already had a league, or Kwame Brown, or Michael Lola-Wakandi. It is Sam Bowie. So Sam Bowie, really talented player from Kentucky, he is the number one bust of all time because he was drafted in front of Michael Jordan. Not to mention also Charles Barkley and John Stockton, but when you get drafted in front of Michael Jordan and you don't produce, yeah, you're a bust. Back to the podcast for some rapid fire round with 
the NBA draft expert, Mike Smits. Let's look at some rapid fire questions I'm going to hit you with. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to, you can just buzz them off, whatever comes to the top of your head. Uh, five years down the road in this draft, who's going to be a household name? Who's um, the guy everybody's going to be talking about is like per- perennial all star coming up? Yeah, I to me it's Fultz. Um, I really like Lonzo as well. You know, I know you were around him a ton, and I, I think he's mm-hmm. a special player. I just and, and you know you worry about the losing a little bit with Fultz, but man, like I, I just think he's a special special talent. I've been watching you know a lot of his stuff and kind of comparing it to you know where guy kind of these big lead guards were at the same age. Um, you know, like a James Harden, yeah. like a, you know, a Brandon Roy, even, um, watching like some Dwayne Wade a little bit here and there. And like those guys, you're sure were winners. They were, you know, more competitive, but from like a skill standpoint, like none of those guys had really the skill package that he has. So I, I just think like, he's a really unique athlete. Um, he can score at all three levels. He, he's tremendous in pick and roll. He's a better passer than he was able to show at Washington. Uh, I just, I think, you know, you hope that, you know, with vets around and, and with a coach who's going to challenge him, like he's by all means a really good kid and a, and a big time worker. It's just a matter of, you know, proving that, that he can win more than he did at Washington, which I think he'll do. So talent wise. Yeah. I, I think he's, he's a stud, a multi-time all-star. Nice. What about steals for this year's draft? Who's nobody know about and that's going to be maybe a Draymond Green or Jimmy Butler? Yeah, uh, I don't I don't think there are a ton of just given like yeah. how much information there is today. I don't think there's a ton of like totally unknown guys, but a couple guys I really like. Uh, Derek White from Colorado. Yeah. He was a D2 guy who, you know, his first year in Division One basketball averaged 18 points a game, super smooth. He's not Malcolm Brogdon because I don't think he's like as uh, as physical or he's he's kind of a casual guy, but I think could come in and have you know to somewhat lesser degree a similar impact uh, as a guy who can play right away, who can play on the ball, he can play off the ball, he can pass, dribble, shoot. I like him. Uh, I really like the kid Shemi Ojale also from nice. from SMU. I just think kind of like what we talked about. You know these these guys who can play. You know four or five in these small lineups. He's 240 with like 5% body fat, and he, sh- and he really shoots it. He's an athlete. So uh, he's another guy I think we look back in, in five years and say, you know, he probably went a little too low. Okay. Uh, interesting, man. Interesting. I uh, love that in-depth behind the scenes of 5% body fat. Like that's all the stuff you can get at Draft Express. He's not eating, he's not eating the unhealthy cereal breakfast stuff. Uh, okay, how about biggest busts of all time? This is something that's really interesting to me. Um, who do you, who are your, some of your biggest busts that have been yeah. real high? I think, uh, I mean, right now, Anthony Bennett is, yeah. is, uh, I was out at the, uh, EuroLeague final four and he was just riding Fenerbahce's bench. Crazy. Um, it's, it's just crazy, man. So I think he's a real, um, you know, example for kind of what we were talking about with the mental side of things and the work ethic and wanting to be good and loving the game. Um, I, you know, I think that's, he, he's kind of your prime example for that. Um, some other guys, you know, Kwame Brown is always yep. A, yep. a good one. Stonehands, Kwame Brown, has seemed to be, I yeah. think is, is up there. Um, Darko Milicic, 
so yeah, it's it's uh, it's a lot of big guys, a lot of big lot guys, of big guys. There. Michael Oluwakandi, you throw up yep. there. You know, Adam Morrison, you could okay. say to some to yeah. some degree. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, I guess that's like the only real kind of guard wing I can think of off the top of my head. You got any guards that have been bust? Seems like bigs. It's like oh, bigs uh, are just so hard to guess. Jimmer, you could say. Oh uh, yeah, I guess he was top ten, huh? Yeah, you could say Jimmer. Maybe not a top like three pick, but he, and he's still doing his thing in China. So he's definitely doing his thing in China. Yeah, yeah, perfect. So platform. yeah, I think that's it. I think that's all I got um all right cool what about um high school players you know how they used to draft high school players of course do you think they'll go back to doing that i don't i i mean i i hope they don't um yeah just from almost from a not like from the guy being ready or what but um it's just man first of all like there are so many high schools and getting out to scout all those events for these nba scouts like Tough. see yeah it seems like a tall order um and I, you know, people want to say, oh, it's bad for college basketball and things like that with the one and done guys. Like, I'm not totally sold on that. You know, I think it's still exciting, you know, for these fans. Like, Big Blue Nation is still rocking. And, you know, the like, college basketball is still a really exciting entity. I think, um, you know, the D League continuing to grow, I, th- I think that can mm-hmm. be a landing spot also for some of these guys who, who want to use that as kind of that buffer year. So, um, I, I don't think that they will, but you know, you, you never know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I, I like your point. The one, the one at Duns, I think is great. Like, I love getting to see these guys at, at the college level. How innocent they are. How they have no idea what's coming to them next, really soon. And then, just on the split moment of June twenty second, they go from nothing to millionaires. It's like the only thing other than winning the lottery, just getting your name called, going to becoming an instant millionaire. Right. And it's a chance to like, see these guys against each other, you know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, we, if they, you know, we wouldn't have seen Lonzo ball and Darren Fox match up twice, you know, in big moments, if it wasn't for, you know, that them having to spend at least a year in college. So I think there's a scouting factor to it and definitely an entertainment value for, for everyone. Oh yeah. We, I mean, we talked about it at UCLA of some of these practices that we have, with Lonzo, TJ, EK, three first rounders right there, Bryce, Tom, Aaron, other NBA, like six to seven NBA players going at each other every single day in practice. Like a lot of the practices were better than the games. Those could be talked about five, 10 years down the road of being legendary practices of these guys who could be all stars in the NBA. All right. Ripe at the college level. Yeah, you don't want to you don't want to lose that. I mean, no. it's, some guys maybe don't go about it the best way. It's a pit stop for them. They don't fully invest, but I think for the guys who do, you know, it's a once in a lifetime experience. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Hey, uh, one more rapid fire with you going back. Just thinking on the uh, on the mental side of things. What's what's uh, some of the craziest questions that you've heard on that side? Because I know they go they go pretty uh, pretty crazy on those. Oh man, you got I'm any? Trying to, I'm trying to think uh craziest questions on that i don't know i mean a lot of it is like situational stuff you're in this situation what do you do here Mm -hmm. uh but there's like crazy questions about uh you know god i'm trying to remember how many god i i'm blanking right now that's okay man yeah yeah but they're wild though there are some wild ones a lot of them are just flat out like why are you soft? <laughs> you know, like some some of these yeah. guys will just go at you, right? Um, and a lot of it also, I, I've found some guys like to use that 
to find out about other guys, you know, uh. like who is, you know, I remember a couple of years ago, like there are all the Kentucky guys in the draft and, um, you know, a couple of teams asked like, Hey, who is, this is the year before Tyler Ulis came out and they all asked like, Hey, who is the one guy you, you would go to war with every day, you know? Mm-hmm. And like six, all six of the guys, said Tyler Ulis. So then, you know, you're building a profile on this kid and you're like, all right, like this is a tough kid. We gotta, we gotta pay attention to him. So, um, yeah, I I wish I had some better examples. I just, I'm blanking on it. No, no, I think that's great. That's great. Um, awesome, man. What else, uh, anything else on the draft that you just absolutely love that people don't know about? I think for us, it's, it's just fun to, kind of get to know these guys a little bit um you know we're we're lucky enough to you know go to some of these workouts and sit down with them and 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 talk to them kind of at a at a younger age also and just just seeing their progression you know with with social media the way it is now and um you know just just being able to kind of watch them grow in in their story I, i i really enjoy that part of things you know a lot of these guys just have such a different path even looking at you know the top 10 guys here and that you know Fultz was playing JV basketball as a junior um you know Jonathan Isaac was a six foot six shooting guard you know now he's six eleven. like it's just the 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 stories with these kids and and you know some like Caleb Swanigan I mean the kid was homeless and almost 400 pounds you know like I just I think the human element um is is just a, a really important factor that you can't get too caught up in it when when you're scouting but uh it's just uh, it's it's a really cool element of the draft that is we yeah i need to bring you back on here we can just talk all stories on these guys those are three awesome examples yeah yeah it's it's crazy man just and and then seeing how their trajectory kind of affects them as players you know like some because some of these guys who i almost like these guys who are late bloomers who came out of nowhere you know if a lot of the guys who are kind of touted as a number one guy for since they were in diapers it's like there's a there's a sense of entitlement there um that that doesn't always yield the best results so uh it's it's interesting to kind of like i said get to know their stories and, and see where they come from and all that man well, I appreciate it big time. I know you got Phil Jackson on hold right now. And <laughs> some other some other guys you got to get Magic Johnson. Um, how I can wish, we follow man. everything you guys are doing? How can we follow everything Draft Express, Mike Smith? How, how do we just get more of this? Yeah, I think uh, draft, you know, draftexpress.com, we've mm-hmm. been pumping out a lot of stuff right now. We've got all these workout videos you know, where we, we'll film the guy working out and sit down with him and kind of put together a little package. We've got all these scouting videos you know, still coming. I've got a couple of projects still coming here. So I think draftexpress.com, um, at draftexpress on Twitter, at Mike underscore Schmitz on Twitter. Yep. Um, yeah, just, just keep following, keep watching, and uh, hopefully we'll – have some good stuff coming perfect man we'll link to all that in the show notes um one more question so i have a 13 inch vertical leap um <laughs> six three with a five nine wingspan um can i get a profile made making that look good let's get a profile going but we'll, we'll set you up in europe we'll get you okay. a pa- we'll get you a passport we'll get you an israeli passport and uh we'll get you as a as a local over there i can tra- change my name to nurse witch and we'll <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> oh man i appreciate the time that was a lot of fun thank you very much um, yeah for sure yep don't do your hair like mel kuyper and uh you're the best in the game man thanks a lot man i appreciate it thank you 
I'll tell you what, you cannot get that anywhere else. That's in-depth information behind the scenes that you can only get here on The Game of Life and with the NBA Draft, only get from Mike Smith's. As it happened last week, Mike called him Markel Fultz going number one. That's who he thinks is going to be the household name five years from now, the perennial all-star, Lonzo Ball. Obviously, I'm a little biased being a UCLA, but he's going to be an amazing player and turn the Lakers franchise around. I'm calling it right now. Hope you all had a lot of fun listening to that podcast, learning behind the scenes about the NBA draft about how much really goes into this. It's not just we'll watch a guy on film and pick him, but it's everything. It's everything from their mental makeup. It's everything from their work ethic, their drive, their passion. There's just so much that goes into this investment and putting millions of dollars into these college players and these 18-year-olds. And other than 7-Eleven, the NBA draft is the only place you can go from nothing to millions in the matter of minutes. Check out everything Mike is doing at NBA Draft Express. Check out the 2018 mock draft that's coming at you. 2019's already out there. Just check out everything that he's doing. It's really, really interesting. He puts a lot of time and effort into it and it's done at a very high level. Big thanks also to Jonathan in Milwaukee for leaving the review. means a lot to me. If you guys could do the same, go to iTunes, leave a review. That's how we get more followers. We get more sponsors. We get more everything good. Just leave a review. And if you do, I'll know if you leave a review, you will be entered to win NBA tickets of your choice, which I'll be giving out around Christmas time. NBA tickets of your choice to any game you choose. I'll get those for you, but you've got to leave a review in iTunes. Thank you to our sponsor, Ample. Check it out, amplemeal.com. What I eat for lunch every single day tastes like chocolate ice cream smoothie. All healthy goodness at amplemeal.com. Enter the code NURSE in the checkout to get 15% off. Also, our other sponsors will be linked in the show notes. Mitchell and S. We've got Whoop. We've got Halo. Check them all out in the show notes. Get your codes, get your discount, be performing at the top of your game. Thank you big time for tuning into the game of life. I want to hear from you. I want to hear any questions you have. I want to hear recommendations for people you want to have on this podcast. Please reach out to me. Send me an email or social media, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it might be. Get in touch with me. I want to hear from you. Hope you all have a great, blessed week. Just be the best version of yourself you can be each and every day. Game of Life, David Nurse, signing off.